Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. There's one game left in the 2023 inaugural Big 12 season, and it's a big one. One win, and you get a bowl game. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling, with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I don't know when we're releasing this. It might be Wednesday. It might be Friday. Regardless, I hope you have or had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, It's always a great time around the holidays, especially you have football to watch, time with the family. That's most important. So I hope you had or are going to have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, My co-host joins me again, Nick Geddes. Uh, Nick was on vacation. Um, I, Nick, how is your vacation much needed? I know you don't get many of these in a year, obviously. Um, so listen, you had, it was a rough weekend. Uh, the magic played great. That's why I'm repping the magic hat. I, I feel like it was due. It was needed. Um, obviously UCF had a rough, a rough go about it. Um, but how was your trip? I think the trip counteracted any sadness from any potential losses that uh, you encountered in sports this week. <laughs> Yeah, I I disconnected from reality or from reality. No, I was in reality. I disconnected from the unrealities of social media for the most part and the world and everything. And I kept track of I checked my ESPN app here and there to see what was going on on Saturday because, you know, college football and stuff. Um, And so I didn't get a chance to watch, you know, the game live or anything especially with it being on FS2. I mean, you're just asking for it and trying to travel and then it's on FS2, you're you're done. Um, but I saw, you know, the ending sequence of it. You know, I went back and watched the highlights, things I could. Um, you know, I mean, you go on the road in Lubbock, tough place to play. I mean, and you lose by one. I guess it's hard to be... Like, it's hard to really just come down really hard on the team when that happens, especially, but it's the way it happens, man. It's the way it happens. I mean, an extra point of all things. I mean, Boomer, so reliable, misses a 32-yard field goal throughout that game, things you don't expect. You know, a couple chances to really take that game from Texas Tech, unable to do it. Uh, But, hey, uh, I know that I didn't really answer your question how the trip was, so let me go back to that. Trip was good. Um, I went to Hilton Head, Charleston, 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 and Pigeon Forge. Uh, kind of like just bouncing around. So I don't really have jet lag. I didn't fly, but I have like car lag, if that's a thing, a little bit. So I'm still kind of recovering here this morning. But trip was fun, well needed, like you said, and now we're home for the holidays. So that's good. Uh, but anyways, back to the to what I observed. At the end of the day, Sean, you know, I've been saying all year, six and six is my goal. And I would be ecstatic over that. And I think 
every UCF fan should be ecstatic over that if you can get to six and six. It hasn't really gone the way that I think if I thought it would. You know, they've lost to some teams I thought they'd beat. They've beaten some teams that I thought they would lose to. They got down here to this final four game stretch needing three wins, and I said, hell no, that ain't happening. After the West Virginia game, I was like, they're not winning three or four games. And yet here we are. We're a few days away from game day, the last bounce, if you will, and you're facing a team that you're going to be favored against. You have the talent advantage against. You're going to be at home. Seniors, you know, sending them off. All that stuff is like right there for you. And you have a chance to get to bowl eligible. So at the end of the day, you're right there on your goal. And if you hit it, I think that's a great season for where you are in the first year in the Big 12. So that's that's the amazing thing is this has been a season that has really just taken so many different turns and, and winding things and so many different storylines that we've talked about. But at the end of the day, your goal is right there in front of you. It's 60 minutes away. And now it's up to this team to execute just one more time. <laughs> just one more time during this regular season and get there. And I gave you your flowers. We, we gave you your flowers on the last pod without you being there. Because, I mean, you basically, you weren't right about every game. None of us were, obviously. But no. you, the way that the season has come out, I think you said in your preseason predictions that you were going to lose Texas Tech and you are going to be 5-6 and six heading into the Houston game with a win, meaning you get a bowl game in your final game. Um, listen, I think a lot of the criticisms, we had we took a lot of heat early on in the season from certain UCF fans. Um, basically saying that six and six was too low, and if we go six and six, it was a bad season. And me and you said realistic expectations is six and six. My if everything happens well was eight and four. And if you look at the, we we talked about it before we started recording, Nick, like eight and four was doable. It was some close. Of those, you had one score games. You had three one score games: the Baylor game, the Oklahoma game, and the Texas Tech game, which all three were winnable. And if, I mean, if you do the math, which I'm not good at math, if you do the math, that's eight wins right there with a chance to get nine. So, and again, that's all hearsay. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the games ended up how the games ended up. But I think ultimately what we've learned and what we were kind of spot on with early in the year is, listen, this isn't the American. Things happen. Teams are better. Teams, especially in the Big 12, are very even. Anything can happen on any given Saturday. And for UCF to have an opportunity this Saturday to go in, get a win against a former AAC, you know, opponent and come out with a win to go to a bowl game in your first year. I mean, that's all we could have asked for heading into the season this year. Yeah, and and mind you, they've done this with I mean, they they've had to work around one of the worst rush defenses in college football that outside of one game against Oklahoma State is has not shown up all year long. Um Regardless of how I may have feel, felt about him, they've done it, you know, half the season without John Rice Plumley, And even some of the games he's played, his biggest strength not even being available to him. So we've had to see him, it sounds so funny to say, six years into his career, grow up a little bit, um, <laughs> develop some other traits. And again, he ain't perfect. There's no doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> but they've done that with uncertainty at the quarterback position, uh, they've done it with moving pieces on the offensive line. I just mentioned the defense. There's been some questionable coaching decisions mixed in there as well. Um, and they're here. So, I mean, it's not the prettiest 
season by any means. It, it has not been a smooth sale, but listen, bowl eligibility, I think is still means something. I still think these games mean something. Um, and so the fact that it's right there in front of you, like I said before, I mean, that to me is a big plus and, you know, I don't take credit for the way it turned out because I wish it turned out a little better. I wish we were talking about eight and four. And the reality is, is the, the crazy thing through everything I just said and some of the you know rants we've been on about this team, they've only gotten blown off the ball completely one time all year. And that was against Kansas on the road. I mean, you, you mentioned it. I mean, two loss or two point loss to Oklahoma, a point to Texas Tech, two to Baylor, a collapse. They were in it with Kansas state for three quarters. Like it's so crazy. Like they're, I mean, they say all the time that games are decided. There's three or four plays in every game that decide who wins and loses. And they were on the wrong side of that, unfortunately, in at least three of those by like just small margins, basically. But I'll take it though. Six and six. Let's get to it. Yeah. I will say as we head into Houston, Everybody for years would say, oh, if you were in a better conference, like you have to play a top team every week, you wouldn't be able to handle it. I think for the most part, UCF has proven that that narrative has been false. And I think I, UCF- I, give, them, I give them credit too for how they came at the West Virginia game. I had a moment of being a, okay, which way are we going to go here? Because remember, Gus kept saying, you know, there's only a few teams in college football that get better yep. in the second half of the season. And that was like the start of the second half of the season. And it was like, oh, we're going backwards. We're going backwards now. And give them credit. I mean, like I said, the fact that they have an opportunity to go three and four down the stretch here, what they needed to do, I mean, I think they've gotten a little better. I wouldn't say they're one of the best teams down the stretch and they, they're at the top, but they've gotten a little better as the season has gone on. I will give them that. So they could have folded after the West Virginia game, but they've kept fighting. Yeah, you got to give them credit. But I think narrative-wise – this Saturday is very crucial. Uh, you can, you know, spin it two ways to Sunday, but I just know that the narrative if UCF doesn't win this game on Saturday is going to be the season was a wash, um, disappointment. They won't look at positive, which, granted, understandable. If you lose on Saturday, you lose seven games in a year. Can't remember, I think, the most that that's the most since the Scott Frost first year. Um, that will be looked as, at as a disappointment, regardless of all the highs of the season. If you win the game and you go 6-6 six and six and you go to a bowl game, the outside looking in, it, is, it changes a little bit to the public, but also UCF fans. So that's why this game is so crucial. And it's not an easy one in the slightest. Um, I, I talked about it last on our post-game uh, show, Nick, when I did a post-game for Texas Tech. And... I said, I watched Houston. I watched Houston um, this past week. And I'm like, listen, we've been talking a lot of bad stuff about Houston. And I'm not saying they're a good football team at all. But what I am saying is any given week, you can get a version of Kansas that is, or Kansas, Houston, that is pretty decent and can beat anybody in the Big 12. I mean, they lost a seven uh, to Texas. Nobody expected that. Um, they go, went up and beat West Virginia. Uh, granted, I get it, a Hail Mary. Um, in the first week, they beat UTSA, which I think that's one of their more... Um, it's a good win. Really good wins. I get first week and anything can happen, but I mean, you look at UTSA now, and I mean, they're fixing to go to an American Conference Championship. Um, 
you can go down the list. I mean, obviously, they lost to Rice by two. Still put up 41 points. They got blown out by TCU, which, again, in the grand scheme, TCU is not that good. But still, it's it's similar. Um, lost to Texas. Beat West Virginia. Got blown out by Texas Tech um, by a good margin. Uh, got blown out by Kansas State, 41-0. Then they go and beat Baylor, 25-24. But then they lose to Cincinnati the next week, 24-14. Um, Oklahoma State last week, this is why, you know, we'll get into it, but I was watching the Oklahoma State game, and in the first half, Houston kind of had the juice. It looked like almost, it looked like UCF completely dismantled Oklahoma State. Now, in the second half, things got rolling, and Oklahoma State ended up scoring 43 points. But I was looking on some what Houston fans were saying, and I think the the common denominator is first halves are really good for Houston. Second halves, not so much. So, Nick, what have you kind of seen out of Houston? Again, another roller coaster year. I think we haven't even mentioned it, but if UCF wins this game and BYU loses, which it seems like they probably will to Oklahoma State because BYU's fall, fallen off a cliff, UCF will be the only team to uh, go to a bowl game out of the, the new four. So... Give your take on Houston. Obviously, the four and seven had a lot of another weird season like we did. But give your take on Dana Holgerson's uh, Houston Cougars. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of like that Jekyll and Hyde team, and I mean that like every week. I feel like you get something different with Houston. Like there's times where I go, okay, this isn't a a good football team necessarily but they're kind of a sticky team for some of the top teams in the conference to deal with. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, like in one breath, they'll beat West Virginia, right? They'll take Texas to the limit 31, 24, and then they'll get completely blown out 41, nothing Kansas state. And then they'll rebound and beat Baylor. And then they'll come right back and, and put out a embarrassing showing against Cincinnati. Like every time you think Houston's like taking that corner, or rounding the corner, I mean, just getting better, I guess. They seem to always just take a step back. And then against Oklahoma State, a team that was coming off the loss against UCF, I thought they played good, you know, honestly, in portions of that game. But clearly, when you give up 43 points, not many teams you're going to beat in college football. That's just the reality. So they come into this one. Clearly, they got nothing to lose. They're not playing for bowl eligibility. And as Dana Holgerson said this week, I mean, we're going in there. They're trying to get bowl eligibility. It's our, our, our eligibility. It's our job to stop them, right? And, you know, everybody's having a, a pissing contest, I guess, about the space garbage. I mean, my goodness, man. Can we just stop? Why do we have to argue with every fan base? I don't this care who fun. started it. I don't care who started it. It's ridiculous. Like... You're both space programs. End it. End of story. Are they though? Huh? I said, are they though? Well, we move. We move. We, we we'll, move. I, we move. I'll move. I'll move. I'll just say, can we stop arguing with everybody and stop arguing within yourselves? I saw this stuff yesterday too when I got home about NIL. People were arguing. Oh, we don't want to get into that. My that goodness is... gracious, people. Wow. Goodness yeah, that... gracious. That stuff on Twitter is uh Jeez, yeah, this is why yikes. I was happy to like just disconnect for the weekend. But I, I, I digress. I, I, I get it. <clears throat> I digress. Uh, you know, quarterback Donovan Smith. You know, I think Houston has had to put a lot on his plate. You know, truthfully, I do. And and this is a guy who he's played a lot of football. I mean, even going back to as a freshman, he's gotten his take his chance in there. 
I think he's a solid quarterback, you know, not not great by any means, but I think given what he's working with around him, I think he's played well this season. I mean, you look at the running game, and this is the one thing where UCF, I think, has – they get a little bit of a break from a matchup standpoint, is this Houston football team does not run the ball well. They don't run the ball well. And, I'm, I mean, they only average 4.1 a carry. Um, R.J. Harvey has, I think, almost the – identical number of rushing yards on his own as Houston has as an entire team. Uh, And their second leading rusher happens to be Donovan Smith. And he's actually got the most carries on this team credited with that. So they don't really run the ball well, um, nor do they really appear to uh, stick with it with either of their backs, whether that's Parker Jenkins or uh, Stacey Sneed. So you're hoping that, UCF gets a break here against a team that doesn't generally seem to run the ball really well. But then again, they might be looking at it as, hey, well, we're going up against this run defense that's not very good. So maybe this is the week we're going to find it somehow, you know, in game 12. So I guess you can never discount that. But yeah, I think that's kind of my uh, my summary with Houston is you just don't know which one you're going to get. It kind of scares me that, you know, now they're coming off two, two losses in a row. And if you kind of look at their their schedule, when they've lost two in a row, Rice TCU, they came back and, and thumped Sam Houston. Obviously, that's Sam Houston. This is different. They lost two in a row to Texas and Kansas State. They came back and they thumped Baylor. So they haven't exactly let it snowball to three. And like I said, they're a team that's playing with nothing to lose. So I yep. do think you're going to get the best of Houston this week. I don't view this as a game that UCF is just going to walk in there and and throttle them by any means. Uh, but those are, I think those are my thoughts on Houston so far. Now, to counteract some of what you said, not counteract, but listen, that could very well happen. Um, I also don't think UCF will throttle. I think the spread right now is 13 and a half. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it very well might. Now, granted, we, we didn't think we'd beat Oklahoma State and look what happened. So I have no idea anymore. And that's why betting, I will not be betting in the Big 12 next year because I just simply don't know what will happen at all. But you can counteract that with saying, listen, Houston does have nothing to play for. Uh, some of these players might already have one foot out the door. Uh, they might already be thinking about entering the transfer portal. Um, Dana Holgerson, there's some rumors floating around that he might not be here next year. Uh, Houston, that is. So you could get the same sentiment of, we're 4-7. and seven. We really don't have anything to play for. Come out flat. Just get go through the motions. That could potentially be the Houston team you see. Also, Nick, what I found interesting, I think Matt Marshall posted this um, yesterday, which was Tuesday. Houston has not le- has only left the state of Texas once the entire year. Interesting. If you go down there. Yes, I know that was a great stat by Matt Marshall. I mean, they played UTSA at home. Rice is in Texas. They played TCU at home. Sam Houston, obviously, also at home. Texas Tech at Texas Tech, um, West Virginia at home, Texas at home, had to travel to Kansas State. That was the only game that they had to travel out of state for. Baylor it was 41 Well, yeah, and there you go. Baylor was in Texas, uh, Cincinnati at home, and Oklahoma State at home. And That's they also, crazy. it's been two weeks since they've gone on the road. So they have played almost every single game except one in the state of Texas. So, to kind of put a 
little building block for UCF, if you will, or a little caveat for UCF, it's UCF has traveled basically everywhere in the damn country this season. Uh, and now they get their last game at home, whereas Houston has really only had to go on the road once. And when they have, it, it was a blowout. So now I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I think UCF's going to blow Houston out. But what I am saying is, I think. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If Houston kind of has that feeling of, uh, we don't really have much to play for, we don't have a bowl game, our head coach might get fired, we're going to have a lot of players transfer out, uh, it's our final game. There could be a situation where it's also their first road game, really, that you've had in a month and a half. There could be a chance to really drop a, drop a, a game here. So I think that works in UCF's favor. But let's talk. You talked a little about Donovan Smith. I don't want to get too much into him. I think, you know what he reminds me of a little? He reminds me of last year's John Rice Plumley. And I say that in, I think Donovan Smith is a much better passer, but I think he has certain games where he just does not show up at all. And you're confused. Like, obviously the Kansas State game, I, I don't want to like reiterate on the Kansas State game because obviously it was 41 nothing. When you're down by that much, you throw the ball. He went 13 of 28 for 88 yards. And if you remember last year, there would be some of those John Rice games where he would have like less than 100 yards or 105 yards. And you're like, last week you just had 250. How are you not even throwing for 100 this game? So listen, he's going to be dangerous, especially for this UCF defense. I think if I'm Houston and Dana Holgerson, I'm running a lot of RPO, a lot of QB powers because again, UCF is no not stop the run. I think that's going to be Houston's biggest weapon uh, this Saturday. But you talked on it a little bit, but kind of what's your take on Donovan Smith? Again, he's got the talent, but I think it's the consistency at which he shows his talent that I think is the biggest knock on him this year. Yeah, I like your uh, your comparison there to John Rice a little bit. Um, and again, that's kind of like I said, I think he's a solid, you know, quarterback. Like probably his ceiling on a on a you know, you know, like a middle of the conference type team kind of is where he kind of slots in, and there, there's useful for that like i said he's got experience and you know coming from texas tech and and he ended up playing more you know last year you know i think kind of out of necessity for texas tech if anything and goes to houston and gets the starting job and i, I just think like this houston team has other issues uh more so than the uh the quarterback play uh in general and i think he has a chance to to be explosive in this game against ucf's defense i really do you mentioned the running game for Houston. I mean, they're 103rd in the country. Um, it, that's poor. Um, so that's, I think, something that you can look at UCF and say, okay, that that's something that they can, you know, really try to exploit, especially on offense. But defensively, you said it, Nick. We haven't been able to stop the run. I think I've liked what they've done scheme-wise. It seems like they are continuing to just kind of just stack the box, which I think they just need to with the kind of guys they have. Last week, the problem was more so tackling. They couldn't tackle to save their life. Now, granted, Taj Brooks is, I think, number one in the country in 
uh, missed tackles. So, I mean, again, you can kind of say, okay, we didn't tackle well, but you are playing the back that kind of does this every week anyway. You kind of said it, though, like Parker Jenkins is kind of their number one. Um, he's got 94 carries for 456 yards. Their second leading rusher is Donovan Smith. So yeah, and, and and truthfully, like you know, I was doing like research into like into where that's coming from, and at least in the um, the Cincinnati game and the Baylor game, they had more designed runs to Donovan Smith, and that's something that you know kind of came on late in the season for them, and they actually did it really well. They did it really well. So there's kind of been a little bit of a shift from an offensive philosophy standpoint. But go ahead. No, and I think to that point, I think that's what makes this Houston team dangerous. If any UCF fan is looking saying Houston's bad, they're gonna, you know, get blown out, I think I'd counteract it with has UCF really this season, and again, a lot of it's just how the schedule worked out, injuries. Nick, can you remember a true dual threat quarterback that UCF has played besides Donovan Smith? Like a true dual threat. I mean, like Jason Bean. Yeah, this year, because we were coming into the year thinking Tyler Shuck. We were thinking, trying to remember some of the, uh, oh, Baylor. We were, like, a lot of the teams had a a bunch of dual threat guys. Jalen Daniels. And then when you get to game day, albeit either an injury or something out of the ordinary. It didn't, I wouldn't call him, like, you know, the, the typical dual threat. But again, against Kansas State, like, I remember Will Howard had success. Yes. He had a lot of he didn't run much, but I remember two touchdowns at least and one big run. But I think and they had a lot of success. But besides that, we haven't really played a quote unquote dual threat quarterback, which I think if you go back in years past, especially with the in the Gus era, I think that has been a issue on when we play those type of guys. Because we have one, but we can't stop them when we play them on defense. Donovan Smith is the first clear-cut dual threat that can really hurt us with his feet. I was going to say Garrett Green also hurt UCF with his feet. That's true. There you go. That's at, Virginia, at West Virginia. But yes, to your point, I think Donovan Smith is a better... He's probably a, a more natural runner outside the pocket than those two guys. And I think that honestly could potentially hurt. Because again, I think when you have a guy like that, QB spy is important. And... With the linebackers we have right now, um, you're hopefully relying on Jason Johnson and Walter Yates, and hopefully they can do their job well. But I think speed-wise is kind of where you get a little nervous, saying if Houston is smart, they just run the ball all day long, and hopefully UCF can stop it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But uh, if I'm Houston, I'm saying let's just try and run the football and see what happens. Um, Receiving-wise, I mean... I don't want to say it's similar to UCF because it's kind of not. They have one clear-cut number one and then got like two number twos. Um, Sam Brown, 815 yards uh, receiving. He also has on 62 receptions. So clearly, you have a guy that is a clear-cut favorite um, to Donovan Smith there. Uh, Joseph Manjack, he's got 42 receptions for 503. So, I mean, they throw the ball decent. Um, he's got six touchdowns. Then Matthew Golden also has six touchdowns. So, Again, there's a clear cut. I don't want to say three headed horse because it's not really a one headed horse with you know um, two good horses, but right behind them, uh, they're not. They're good at passing the football, but again, you have those kind of off weeks. 
Um, I don't want to get into it much, but do you have anything to say on the receiving core of Houston? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a... Like, we've seen some other receiving cores, I think, lately that maybe are a little bit deeper. Not saying this is not a good one. I mean, they have... Yeah, they can have, what, three guys that are sitting over 400 yards for the season in Golden, Manjack, and and Brown. But obviously, Brown is the big one you have to worry about. Uh, He's been one of the best receivers in you know, the big 12 this season and he's taken a a big jump. And, you know, I think a big goal for Houston or a big thing they were looking for and and obviously is growth, but obviously somebody to fill the, the, the void left from tank Dell who went to the NFL and you're seeing God, I mean, goodness, that dude is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And he's back in Houston, obviously. Um, and Sam Brown's kind of been that guy, you know, for them. Um, Oklahoma State did well to kind of limit him. I think he only had three catches in that game. So I don't expect UCF to keep him down like that. So again, I, I think he'll get his and you kind of just, you're kind of just going to have to live with that for the most part, I think, and try to stop everybody else around him, which I think is, is doable going into this game. But absolutely, Sam Brown is the guy that you got to watch for in this one. Let's talk about defense, and I'm going to give you credit on this one because I hadn't looked at the defense until this morning um, when I do my kind of breakdowns on each team. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Adari Halsey uh, is their leading tackler, and uh, he plays cornerback. He's a DB. Uh, he's got 84 tackles on the year, three pass deflections, no interceptions. And, and he but... had 86 last year too, by the way. 86. So, I mean, he just he flies to the ball. But that also means that there's a lot of guys in the backfield uh, kind of breaking the the first and second line of the defense and corners are trying to uh, have to stop him. Or he's a, or again, it could just be, you know, he's getting thrown at a lot and guys are catching balls, but I think that's impressive, but also it's not a good look on the Houston defense as a whole. If you're a cornerback is, is your number one leading tackler. Uh, what have you seen out of this Houston defense? Is there any other names that kind of you, you saw that you know UCF's going to have to really have to look out for on Saturday. Yeah, uh, just to finish up on on Halsey too, because I don't know if you mentioned it, but he did come in as yeah. a transfer mm-hmm. uh, this year from New Mexico. From New Mexico, um, and he was a he was a freshman and he was an All American. And I think this is kind of what he does. He like he he had eighty seven. I think it was eighty seven tackles actually last year. Um, so I think he's I think he's a good player. Definitely guy to watch back there. Uh, but, you know, obviously the other guy that comes to mind is uh, Nelson Caesar there on their defensive line. Uh, yeah. Nine and a half sacks. Nine and a half sacks uh, this season for, for Nelson Caesar. Uh, and I, I think he plays on the interior, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to, like, get it wrong necessarily, but I'm pretty sure he plays on the interior for them. Uh, or he might actually be an edge. Let me get this right. He's, I think he's an edge. Yeah. Yeah, he's an edge. So clearly one of the best in the Big 12 has to offer. Um, I think he might have more than – because Traymond Morris-Brash, I think, was kind of leading that category, no? For a little uh, he bit? He was. I, th- I don't think he is now. Traymond has um, eight and a half sacks, so one sack short. Right. So I, I'm not sure about everyone else in the conference, but Nelson Caesar might be at the top of that when it comes to sacks. I Maybe. think he is. No, he is. Yeah. He is. So – yeah, anyway, uh, definitely a guy that you got to keep your eye on there. And and let's see if, how much they move him, you know, around that line. Because obviously UCF is kinda integrate, has integrated, you know, new pieces in, in recent weeks. So, 
uh, we'll see. And he's and this is probably an NFL guy as well, uh, Nelson Caesar. So, I mean, those are the two guys that I kind of go to on that defense uh, to see who's going to make plays for Houston. But, again, it's not the greatest unit in the world. I think as an overall, I think we could say that. And like I said, it kind of about this, the general point of the whole team is there's some weeks where they play really hard, it looks like, and that they're there in, in games, and there's some weeks where they're just not. So which one you're going to get, I guess, is the big question for this. Yeah, this is one of those weeks where, again, you hate to be UCF in a situation like this because, again, it would have been really nice to win on the road at Texas Tech and kind of just, you know, kind of have the monkey lifted off your back a little bit in terms of bowl eligibility. Know you're going to have a bowl game. Know that that is a a definite, but you didn't. You have to go and win this game. And again, like you said, Nick, it could be you're either getting one of two uh, Houston teams. You're either going to get a Houston team that's fired up, uh, feels like they really want to win this game, and and comes out firing on all cylinders, or you're going to get the Houston team that is just completely flat, can't do anything on offense, um, and struggles the entire game. Which you obviously hope to get the latter, but in this situation, I mean, not the situation you want to be in, but I think in terms of obviously who you could potentially play in this situation, you're probably getting the best team to to play in this final game which I think is good for UCF you're at home you're playing a former American team that is kind of in the same situation you are uh and you have a chance to go and 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 go to a bowl in your final game yeah I think I mean we can talk so much about what team you're going to get out of Houston but I think you know UCF in some respect has kind of been like that too a little bit you know which one you're going to get um I just like to think that this being at home and knowing what stakes are out on the line and the seniors and, you know, I'm sure even though that it's a, it's a noon game and I know people are upset about that, but when you're five and six playing four and seven, that's kind of what you get. <laughs> and you're not, this yeah. is not a rivalry game. It sucks. It's rivalry week, right? And we're not playing a rivalry game. Um, I guess that's the other part of this that I, I just hate the way college football is right now because I feel like we should be playing USF and I feel like they feel the same way. And imagine that if these two schools were playing each other, both needing a win to get to bowl eligibility. Oh, that'd be so good. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that'd be perfect. But we live in a different universe now. So, um, hey, there's a chance. My, there's a chance they meet up in the in the Gasparilla. And for any like UCF like fan, a- by the way, I, and that was another one that I saw before I went on vacation. And people were talking about, would you want to play USF? And too many of you UCF people are, are so against playing USF in the bowl game. And I don't understand why. Why? So I put that tweet out. That actually is a tweet blew up uh, that I put out because I, I I wasn't giving my opinion. I was just saying I put the question out to UCF fans saying, how would you feel if – oh, I'll read some of them. How would you feel if UCF played USF in a bowl game? Because I actually – I'll give my opinion, and I want your opinion, Nick. I think we'll probably have the same opinion. I think that'd be great. I think – Whenever you can get a, like, UCF Florida, right? In-state, you know, matchup. You're going to get both fan bases. It's something you wake up for. I'm sorry. No offense to, like, Illinois. I get it's a Power 5 program. If UCF went and played Illinois, who's really, like, it's like UCF Duke. Like, no offense, but, like, I that was, like, you got excited because it's a bowl game. But, like, what I, makes you care? Like, I what just makes you, like, like ooh. Well, first of all, I just think that that team, they should be playing USF every year. I mean, that's just my opinion. Like, 
I understand there's things in college football that make it impossible or whatever, or whoever didn't want to do it. I don't really know. I wish it was bottom line happening. And when it comes to these bowl games, like you said, like the UCF Florida was so fun because it was unique. You know, those two teams, I don't think they had played before, before that. And I'm an advocate, by the way. I mean, we just went down Houston's schedule. We mentioned all these teams in Texas they've played. I'm an advocate for teams in Florida playing the teams in your state. I like that. Next year, Florida's going to play Florida State. They're going to play Miami. And they're going to play UCF. And I like that. I like that a lot. We don't get enough of these in-state matchups between some of these bigger schools. So I'm always for that. And you can throw the FAUs of the world in there. You can throw USF in there as well. I like those matchups. So, I mean, this is a game that I think a lot of people were like, oh, we're never going to get to see it again. And here we go. We might end up getting it in a bowl game. Hey, it might be the Gasparilla Bowl in their place. Uh, So split crowd, obviously. Good opportunity. You don't have to travel a long way either, UCF fans. That's also great. And you can also take on your moniker of we're going to take that stadium over and all that. Like, I know y'all love that. Don't act like you don't. I mean, who do you want to play? You want to play Marshall? Like, I mean, or some random team like that? Really? Yeah, I I would want to play. Uh, Now, granted, this is a big if. Uh, This is a big if if UCF wins this game. Both teams got to win. Both teams got to win this weekend. Both teams have to win. Both teams have been up and down. Now, granted, one's in the Big 12, one's in the American. We are not going to be acting like their five wins is any better than our five wins. But I don't... I'll read some of the comments. I would love it because, again, I think that's a game that we could all get up for. Um, Nick, me and you both know it's not going to be no split stadium. Me and you both know that. We went to the one last year. It ain't no split stadium. I mean, Alex Golish is is begging the the fans, like, get your ass in the stadium this weekend. You know? Yeah. So I guess I kind of agree with you there a little bit. Yeah, it would be be a UCF bowl game, which uh, we'll take. Some of the comments. Miami and the Pop-Tart Bowl Bay Area Bounce House is exhausted. To be honest... I would love that. I don't. UCF's not going to the Pop Tart Bowl, uh, and <sighs> I don't think they're going to be playing Miami. That would be great. I would love Miami versus UCF. We're not probably playing Miami. No, if we Miami's do, that'd be gonna, great. Miami's still in a tier ahead of us. Yeah, from a bowl standpoint. I don't want to play that garbage. No. Um, one guy said, "Yep, let's win 65-13. One guy said, "I would love it." Most Knights fans are spoiled after one victory at Oklahoma State, so they don't like it. But the true fans will love it. Another guy said, "No." Ah. Um, of course, it's an opportunity to beat them again, but would rather play Miami, Duke, Clemson, or Boston College. We actually but now you're have not history playing with any of, of these teams. Yeah, that's you're the thing. not you're not going to be mapped for these teams. <laughs> out of out of all of those teams, though, I would rather play Boston College because at least there is a tie-in. There's a tie-in for the game. You, Tommy Castellanos on Boston College. There's yeah, something to wake up for, but they're not going to map UCF at six and six with a Boston College or a Cl- like that. That won't happen. Nice. And isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, is it Brett McMurphy right that does these bowl projections? Well, it's not just Brett McMurphy. There's now like three separate people that are matching yeah, but UCF. I, with- I guess I I see it all the time from Brett McMurphy, and I'm trying to see here if there was an update to that. No, it literally came out yesterday that now it's more people that are saying UCF versus USF in the Gasparilla. All right, I think the Gasparilla Bowl, if you actually go on the Gasparilla Bowl here, Twitter. This, this, one, this one is from Fox Sports. I guess these are all different, but this is from uh, Brian Fisher of Fox Sports two days ago. So this is recent. And again, this is assuming UCF wins the game. If they do, he has them scheduled to face UCF or UCF face Kentucky in the Liberty Bowl. 
mm. on December 29th. So, so that's, that's not bad one. either. That's not bad. That's a different one. I haven't heard That'd that. That'd be a great yet. one. That'd be great. That'd be, co- that'd yeah, be cool. Yeah, right now, because the Gasparilla Bowl posted in ESPN's Kyle Bonaguara has USF yeah, and he playing has, Troy. Yeah, and this guy, uh, Fisher, has USF playing uh, Georgia Tech. Mm, so yeah, it, so like, it sounds like not, if you're, it sounds like if you're USF, if they make a bowl game, it almost looks like you can just go ahead and pencil them in for the Gasparilla automatically. Uh, yeah, it seems like USF is yeah. Um, but if I'm Gasparilla, I'm going to be pushing hard for UCF. As we know, Gasparilla and UCF love, you know, love to have I UCF. Mean, I mean, hell, um, the Gasparilla, I mean, hit the jackpot two years ago with Florida and UCF. And I think they ultimately know <laughs> that if it's USF versus Troy. That stadium will be empty. If it's USF versus UCF, that stadium will be packed. It'll feel like an right. NFL game. So, and where but, where is again, the Liberty Bowl, by the way, for for argument's sake? Memphis, Memphis. Yeah, right. I think so. I love yeah, how we're getting all Memphis. deep it into bowl Memphis. games when we don't even have a when we don't. Even we gotta win the game first. Game. <laughs> gotta win. And I'm not, and listen. There's a good chance this doesn't happen because right. I mean, they could. I mean, par on the course for how this team has been. Sometimes they they seem to let you down whenever they really need you. You really need them. So exactly. So but, who knows? Um, let's go into our predictions. But again, I think me and Nick are on the same boat. If we were lucky enough to get a bowl game. Um, I get, I do understand the argument of UCF has more to lose. I do get that argument. But at the same time, if you're better than them, you should have no problem going and beating them. So it's it's just like if people said, oh, Florida had much to lose. Yeah, but if Florida was that good, then they would have no problem going and handing UCF a loss. So we're moving on past the bowl game. Um, Nick, kind of give your prediction again, big game, uh, biggest one of the year. I don't care what it's, it's the biggest one of the year. Um, give your prediction on the game. Yeah. Like I said, no matter how we got here, we got here and you got a chance to go to six and six and be eligible. Um, my gut's telling me that it's going to happen. Not going to be a blowout or anything like that. We're, we're so far. I know the Oklahoma state, but that was an anomaly. Um, I think 33 UCF, and I'm going 27 Houston. I think it's going to be really, really tight, honestly, throughout stretch of this game. Um, I'm expecting Donovan Smith and Sam Brown and the Houston offense to to make some plays in this one, uh, just given the UCF defense, which still has trouble tackling and still will allow you to run all over them if you so desire, and we'll see if Houston dials that up in this one. But um, that being said, not going to discount what UCF has on their offense. We didn't even talk about them because I think it goes unsaid. RJ Harvey, yep. shout out, Doak Walker finalist. Love seeing that. Um, has a chance to, maybe an outside chance at getting close to 1,500 yards for this regular season, which would be incredible. So we're on standby for that. Yeah, you might want to check the number there because I know. Uh, I don't know about I that one, he, Chief. I know. Because I, I know he, didn't, he, didn't, he only had like 70 something. 1160. 1160. Yeah. Now yeah, he, he has. Like now he does have two hundred. He does have two hundred and thirty-one receiving yards. So if you add those up, he if he rushes for oh, over well, one hundred and fifty. Well, in that case, that's what I meant. In that yeah. case, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I misspoke. I misspoke. Um, we know what he meant. We know what he meant. <laughs> but anywho, so you have RJ. Uh, we know uh, Javon Baker. He's continuing to show that I think he's an NFL guy. I think by the time we get to that time, so we know what they can do on offense. It's just about making enough plays defensively maybe getting a turnover or two to help. But I think ultimately they pull it out. I think it's going to be a good crowd. People are going to be excited. So 33-27 UCF. I'm going to say 38-31. I think it's a touchdown game. Um, I think ultimately 
both teams are going to be scoring pretty handily. Um, I hope that UCF defense shows up, but again, like you said, the Oklahoma State game's an anomaly. You don't know what you're going to get. I'm more impressed with the defense the last couple of weeks than I have been all year. With that being said, I do think Houston will be able to move the ball, um, and I think it's really going to come. It's going to be a shootout, and it comes down to which team can make a final play. And I think UCF makes that play ultimately. Um, it's not going to be a blowout. If it is, that'd be easy and great, and a lot less stress. Um, but ultimately, it's really going to be who wakes up for the game. Does UCF want a bowl game? Do these players really truly want a bowl game? Gus has uh, never know. not gone to a bowl or uh, had an over 500 record either, right? Or 500 he, record exa- or under no, it. He, yeah, he's he's always had a above 500 record. So that's on right the line as well. So that's on the line. So I know Gus is going to be waking up for it because it's it's part of his legacy. Um, are some of the players going to wake up for it? And listen, that's it's not a knock on the players. That is a genuine. Again, do players want to play an extra game? Is that something like are they going to wake up for this game? Now, granted, some players can sit out of the bowl game. That's fine and dandy. Um, but how is UCF going to respond after this loss? Uh, I think we've been impressed with them these last couple games. Um, obviously, we had a rough one last game, but again, you had a chance to win. That's kind of all that matters in the sport, so who knows? But you biggest game of the year, no question, and you have a chance to go to 6-6 your first season of the Big 12. Doesn't matter what your, your conference record was, doesn't matter any of that. We'll worry about that next year, but you have a chance to go to a bowl game. Nick, final thoughts before we uh, get ready to to watch the team for potentially, potentially, the final time this year. Let's get it done. I would love to have one more preview show, and I'd love to have one more recap show before we enter the the off-season drama that I'm sure is going to open up here in just a few weeks when the, the portal goes crazy. So let's, let's keep talking about games as long as we can. Let's yeah, I was, I was saying that last week. I'm like... I don't think you guys comprehend. We have to do this for nine months of no football. Uh, nine but there's, months of- it's not that there's going to be a lack of content. It's just no. going to be a lot different, obviously. But it's going to be wild because a lot of things UCF's going to have to do in this offseason. I think there's usually only about a month or so that we like, don't it's like have dead, dead. stuff to talk right. about. Yeah, like there's nothing to talk about. Most of the time, yeah. there's at least something. So, um, but no. Hopefully, we get one more game. I agree with you. Um, let's see. I mean, perfect opponent to see. Both teams kind of in a similar situation. And UCF, again, is fighting for a lot this weekend. A chance to be the only team in the new four that are going to a bowl game. Huge. Gus is, you know, good 500 record. Huge. Bowl game. They've been to seven straight bowl games. Can they make it eight? That's huge. So a lot of things on the line. We'll see which team responds. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate all the support. Uh, Again, we dropped memberships last week. If you guys feel so inclined, um, become a member of the channel. We'll be adding a lot more stuff on there as the year progresses. We're trying to just get our feet under us with a lot of the membership stuff. So hats and all that stuff are coming. Slow but surely, uh, we're getting stuff ready. So if you want to become a member, we would really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share, comment. Do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. We hope again you had a happy Thanksgiving. And let's go beat the Cougs. All right, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.